Hi, and welcome to the world of sports. I'm Joey Mantia, Olympic speed skater and polar athlete, and you're listening to Champions of Data, a podcast by Polar where we talk about all things sports, fitness, and performance. We'll be chatting to some of the top athletes, coaches, and scientists in the sports world to bring you the best tips on how to train smarter and become the athlete you want to be. Today's episode is all about recovery. We'll be talking to Sebastian Kinley, who's a professional triathlete and Ironman world champion 2014. Sebastian is going to tell us about his experiences in the triathlon world, and we're going to particularly focus on how he balances training and recovery. But first, we'll let Sebastian introduce himself. I'm Sebastian Kienle from Germany. I'm a professional triathlete and 2014 world champion, as well as two 70.3 world championship titles, and unfortunately a couple of second and third places as well. I think I could still really remember the first day when I decided to be a triathlete. (laughs) Um, And uh, I had a very uh, old uh, ATB bike back then, how it was called. And um, I had this bar ends and I turned them around to look more aerodynamic. (laughs) And I could still remember that, but I also have pictures of it. So... I think that's kind of like keeping the memory alive. I mean, when I started doing the sport, I think um, I just kind of like felt attracted how the people were exhausted when they crossed the finish line, but they were exhausted and happy, you know? I mean, and you could see this expression in everybody's face, no matter if it was the winner or if it was some middle-of-the-pack 50th place finisher. Um, Of course, later they probably look at the times and they think like, yeah, I could have done it a little bit quicker whatsoever. But, you know, when you have a 100-meter race, for example, yeah, the first guy, he's happy. But, I mean, just crossing the finish line doesn't make you happy at a 100-meter race. But I had the expression that these people are actually happy just because they finished the race. And I think um, long course racing is just the perfect combination of it is still a race because it's fast enough that you could actually race each other. But then it's also sort of an adventure and it's always, um, I don't want to say fight against yourself, but with yourself uh, to, to get the best out of you and to just like cover the distance. Just that is... Um, exhausting enough for most people. So, yeah, that's that's the main things I think I I, I love about the the sport. And then, um, yeah, it is really demanding. That's for sure. Because the prof- every professional sport, it's twenty four hours. You know, it's not like I go to work in the morning and I go back home in the evening and then. That's it. Then I work five hours, uh, five days a week, and then I have a weekend. So there's no weekend, nothing. There's never a break because everything influences your performance at one point. What you eat, how you sleep, how you hold free time activity um, uh, is is influencing your next training session, is influencing your next race, is influencing everything. So... Um, I think at one point it really starts to like eat you up completely. But um, if you uh, if you manage to like um, do it in a in a good way, 
And uh, if you know uh, what the sport could do with you, then uh, it's it's actually something nice to to be involved into something like that a hundred percent. Now, as we all know, the big thing with triathlon is mastering three very different disciplines that all require a lot of training. It's hard work and a lot of pain goes into it. So how do the pros deal with the pain that comes from pushing beyond the limits? For myself, it's something you accept that you have to do to get your body to respond in a way that makes you better. But let's hear what Sebastian has to say about pain and leaving the comfort zone. I think I'm pretty comfortable outside the comfort zone. And um, I think I'm really used to like self-inflicted pain. Um, and it to- feels totally different than, for example, going to the dentist. You know, I mean, it's not something you are fearing, actually. It's more something you actually uh, um, you actually like. Because I think um, I had a lot of races where I won- win the race, but I wasn't really like at my limit. And... The wind just doesn't feel as rewarding as when you have to go through hell for it. You know, I mean, the races you really remember the most are the ones where you have to push the uh, the first, the farthest, and um, um, that's that's really the the ones that stick. And um, then sometimes it doesn't even matter if you won the race or became second place. It's more about how far did you actually push yourself? And um, I think the competition is more just there to help you to achieve that. Um, Then sometimes it's just more, uh, I see see that with a lot of people, but um, not everybody is the same. But sometimes this competition is just there to help you to suffer more instead of you want to suffer more than your competition to win the race. If you're not able to to enjoy the the suffering and the the pain and see it as something actually good, then you're not a, you have no chance to win any race, because um, I think most of the times you actually the the whole race is just built around this one moment where you want to give up the race, um, and. When you overcome that, that's the, the true victory for everybody, not only for uh, amateur, but also professional. I think um, that's really the most important and uh, defining moment for any any pro athlete. Yeah. So how do you know what is a sustainable amount of pain? When you're training for something as big as a triathlon, it's not just about the hours of training you're putting in, but you also have to make sure your body is getting the optimal amount of rest too. Of course, especially uh, in in triathlon, success is a very long-term thing. Um, You're not getting successful within like one or two years. And there are a lot of people who think that is possible. They they become professionals, for example, and then they ramp up their training 50-60%. And um, then they are confused because it doesn't show in the results. I'm doing the sport for a very long time. So the most important thing when it comes to training, recovery, um, is sustainability. You need to be able to sustain a very high workload for a very long time. And um, therefore, if you overdo it, you get injured, you get ill. But even 
more dangerous is you really losing the, the joy in the sport because you, I mean, I think triathletes really invented burnout. <laughs> um, because I, I, I mean, I, I told you that it's a 24 hour job. So you could, it's very easy to get like completely hooked up with that and trying to control everything. And um, then you're not recovering anymore and it's, it's very difficult. So I think it's very important to, uh, to time training and recovery, right? So it's not the person who trains the most, but who trains the smartest, the hardest and has the best recovery. So uh, it's really important to, to time that um, in, a, in a good way. And I think it's important to uh, um, have some sort of measurement where you, at the one hand, of course, trust your, your feeling, your body, but often um, you want to feel something that's not there. You know, I mean, you want to do the next session probably, but you're not really recovered. So it's good to have like... Um, just use the technology that's on the on the market nowadays to to track that and um, and then that's also a good way to offset your own feeling you know then you know okay I feel like this um, for example my recovery advisor is telling me that so that's how I feel when I uh, um, when I have this and that status of recovery so that's good. To, especially for people who are new to the sport, is to learn to listen to the body by actually using data. If you want to reach your full potential, you, uh, you just need to get that timing right between recovery and training and also the pace of the training, the volume of the training and so on. And of course, you could just like whatever, copy a plan out of the internet and start to do training like that. And it leads to a certain success for sure, but it only probably makes you reach 90% of what you are capable. And then everybody is an individual. Um, even the professionals are sometimes completely different when it comes to recovery and so on. So just like tell somebody, okay, you need to train for three days, then you have one day rest and then you train three days again and one day rest. It's just wrong because everybody reacts different and therefore you just need need ways to, to measure um, status of recovery, speed, everything, the impact of training. And um, yeah, without data, you can't do that. That's pretty, pretty simple. In a, in a lot of ways, we're measuring everything, you know, I mean, in, in our lives. And um, uh, I think often um, people are not aware uh, about the amount of stress they put in uh, putting into their, their bodies um, or not putting into their bodies. So it's just very um, important to have like objective um, measurements and data to actually uh, um, yeah, be able to judge that. And even if you have a coach, for example, my coach, uh, he's not here with me in this training camp and therefore he can't see my session. But later I upload the data and he's able to look at the data and analyze the data. And um, uh, so that 
also helps him to to influence my my training. Without that, I think um, there's no way that you could have a coach that is not attending any every session and still makes you a good training plan if the coach is not uh, using um, the data. Um, and even if you don't have a coach, um, I think the the really smart technologies now again is collecting data and analyzing the data for you. So um, there goes so much data into, for example, um, the recovery advising tool. But um, you don't look at the raw data, you just get a number and that's fine. So I think that's that's an, a nice thing to have, yeah. The feeling is still the most important thing because there's still no device that uh, can track um, your mental state. And often recovery is not about uh, just the, the body, but also the, the mental state, especially after um, a race like Ironman Hawaii or, or any long course race. Of course, the body might be uh, recovered after five days, four days, whatever, and you could start training again. But mentally, it's a whole different story. So, uh, so therefore, I still have to rely on on feeling um, when it comes to that. But the feeling is always really strongly uh, linked to uh, to the workload you have done, and um, so that's definitely something you could could tell. And sometimes it's the other way around. Um, there is a lot of workload, but you actually can't really feel that because you're excited or, you know, I mean, especially when you come from the German winter and you go into a training camp, the sun is shining, you have a nice group and so on. Mentally, you, mentally you are probably not very exhausted for a long time, but you already have like a lot of workload in your body, but you can't really feel that. And therefore you need... Um, data to just like actually show that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most important things I like to point out is still when you feel good and uh, when you feel happy, it's the best recovery, you know. So trying to make your surrounding as comfortable and as and nice as possible is probably the most important thing. Um, just yeah, um, if you think you're gonna sacrifice your relationship for performance in sports, you probably should think twice because often it's the other way around. If you are a generally a happy human being, you will gonna recover quicker <laughs> and you're gonna um, perform better. So whenever you think a beer is helping your recovery because it's putting you in a good mode, then probably a beer is a very good a uh, way to recover quicker, you know, just like hang out with some friends and stuff. So of course there are like a lot of uh, ways where you could actually boost the recovery. Um, I mean, the most effective is probably still sleep, but that has its limits. Um, probably everybody knows sometimes you even feel more tired after you slept than without sleep. So. Uh, having like a two hour nap um, in the middle of the day is definitely not helping 
your performance on the second run session in the evening, then it's actually negatively impacting your sleep during the night. So there is definitely um, a limit. And so when you train eight hours a day, you try to squeeze the best out of the of the other like five hours. Um, so nutrition is a really big part. I try to have, for example, after uh, intense sessions, it's very important to replace fuels um, very quick, fluids, but um, more even more effective is when you probably have a, a shake with carbohydrates and proteins mixed uh, two to one, because that's helping the, um, the recovery a lot. And we call that, yeah, open, open window or, um, yeah, window of growth, however you want to call it. But that's the time where the body is really uh, good in absorbing carbs and, um, also the protein helps to like repair damaged muscle quicker. And then, of course, it's, uh, here I gonna have my own physiotherapist for, uh, um, two, three weeks and um, during a stage race or something like that, it's also very important because you could do uh, just like stretching and, and stuff you don't, you're not, you not can't do by yourself. But then of course, if it's a very intense race or if it's a stage race, then um, yeah, for example, an ice bath could help. But sometimes if you boost short-term recovery, it's actually harming your long-term development. So if you are helping your body too much to recover quicker, you're probably fitter for the next session. But in like three, four weeks, you are actually not benefiting from that. So you always have to be careful with that. A good way um, is, for example, uh, if you are a generally a happy human being, you will gonna recover quicker <laughs> and you're gonna um, perform better. So whenever you think a beer is helping your recovery because it's putting you in a good mode, then probably a beer is a very good uh, way to recover quicker. You know, just like hang out with some friends and stuff. So injury prevention is definitely a very big thing, especially in triathlon where the workload is very high and a lot of hours are, are trained and um, there's nothing worse than being injured and not able to, yeah, to put in, uh, put in the work. So uh, really, therefore, a lot of work goes into injury prevention. Uh, that, that means uh, form rolling, stretching, uh, um, all, all things that generally boost recovery are, of course, also good for injury prevention, um, physiotherapy, and just like specific exercises to, to target like weak, um, uh, points in, uh, in, the, on the, on the body. And, um, for me, for example, it's always the Achilles left and right. That is, um, a little bit my, my weak spot, at least in the last three, four years. So I have to do a lot of exercises for them to uh, keep them keep them strong. And um, yeah, the training is not over when it's over, but it's over when your career is over. <laughs> so we all know that for athletes, physical performance is only one part of success. What about the mental game? For myself, good thoughts become habits and habits turn into wins. But let's find out how Sebastian prepares his mind to succeed. Maybe I'm very often thinking about um, 
sport and, and triathlon and everything that goes into that. But uh, at the same time, I also try to actually avoid always thinking about it because I know that it's going to eat you up. And um, because you can influence everything, sometimes people tend to freak out, you know, they want to do everything perfect. And instead of making everything perfect, they just like fuck it up. <laughs> and um, and then they, they are just like um, mentally nervous fracks. And even if they are really good and have a very high performance, they are probably not performing very well in, in the competition. Um, I often say it's better to be uh, just 99% fit at the start line and 100%, 101% mentally uh, focused on the start line instead of being 101% fit, but just 99% mentally focused. So I think when you tow the start line at an Ironman and you say, I've done everything possible to be as good as I can possibly be, then you have overdone it. So <laughs> you, when you tow the line and you have some doubts about your preparation, it was probably absolutely the perfect amount. One of the bad things with the sport is that I'm, that I have to, I, I mean, I can travel a lot, which is really nice, but I also have to travel a lot with it, which is kind of bad sometimes. So I really feel happy when I'm amongst friends and family back home. You really realize how important that is when you're not having that anymore. Yeah. So, um, the, I mean, winning in, in sport and having great performances is one thing, but if you can't share it with other people, then it's nothing special, you know? So I think, yeah, of course, winning makes me happy, but it's happiness is only real when it's shared. What's the secret? The secret at the end is always balance. I think, yeah. Um, too much of what you what you like is actually probably not good for you. That is um, uh, is the truth for a lot of things. Probably <laughs> not only for sport, but um, uh, I think that's really the the thing. A lot of people are just overdoing it with um, uh, with the sport and building their whole life just around the sport. And also, um, they think if they're unhappy. And then they just win this one race, they're going to be happy again. But from my experience, I know very well that this is not true because a lot of people think when they just win this Olympic gold medal or when the, when they break this record, they're going to be happy and their whole life is going to be fine again. And something like that, that's just not true. It's bullshit. Actually, <laughs> it's, it's more the other way around. It's like, you're gonna perform at your very best and you're gonna win the races when you are happy before you're gonna go to the start line. You've been listening to the Champions of Data podcast by Polar, where we've been hearing pro triathlete Sebastian Kinley's thoughts on training, recovery, and being a professional athlete. In our next episode, we have a real treat for you. We'll be talking about one of the key factors of every athlete's performance, sleep. Thanks for being with us today, and if you like this episode, please go and subscribe, and you'll be among the first to hear our top tips for training smarter from athletes, coaches, and experts. Until next time, happy training.